Thank you very much. Church of the Warm Heart, good morning. The worship team asked me to put these on for this moment. I don't know if they fit. Some churches uh, celebrate a... How do they do this? Wow. Some... Ah. Some churches have uh, the Sunday after Easter, a holy hilarity Sunday. I've done this once in 25 years. I have not done it since. Uh, there's enough jokes in the sermon and all that. But uh, they gave this to me on the way out, so you might see them enjoying themselves a little bit more today than, than usual. I'm going to put these right there. Awesome. Hey, thank you for everyone who came to last night's trivia. Uh, we had 80 contestants uh, compete. And um, Maria Akers and our bookkeeper and her table took, took home the last night's grand prize. Yay. How- 50 questions. Do you know how many you got right? You got 41. Good way to go. Way to go. We had, uh, yeah, 80 uh, helped raise money for the youth mission trip. Uh, but, but thank you, thank you, thank you. Uh, Mary Methodists, they meet tonight. Uh, take a look in your bulletin. There's notes about that. Uh, that's this evening at 5 o'clock for their potluck and fellowship. If you'd like to join, we have a lot of food stuff. If you'd like to join us after lunch, or not, no, after worship, after worship next week, next week at 12.30. And we're going to meet at Idaho Pizza Company. Uh, anyone in the church is welcome. If you, if you want, you know, I, I, I want to continue this church thing and, and meet some other folk. Uh, we're meeting at the Idaho Pizza Company at 1230. Let the office know by Thursday if you'd like to go. And just a heads up, if you've been attending our church for a little while and would like to consider this your church home, we're having a new membership class in three Sundays from now. Uh, that's May 7th at 1230. Pizza will be provided as well. We'll learn a little bit about you. You'll learn a little bit about us and how we can become the church together. If you would like to, like to come, please let Lisa know, uh, and, and we'll make sure that we have enough pizza. Now, United Methodism has been in the news uh, here in Idaho this past weekend. Uh, in, in the newspapers, in, in Boise, uh, we've been in there because there's uh, one church in our area, a Methodist church, that is voting today if they would like to stay United Methodist. Uh, this, there's been a, a contentious issue uh, boiling now for, for, the, for the last couple decades uh, for those of us who have been around a while. And we keep kicking the can down the road. Uh, but there's a process right now that Methodist churches... Uh, oh, let, let me backtrack. I didn't tell the first church this, uh, the first service. Um, we own our property on behalf of and in trust of the United Methodist Church as a whole. Uh, a church just can't say, we're no longer Methodist, we're going we're to become Lutheran, Presbyterian, or whatever it is that they want to be. Uh, the, building, the, the building and the property stays in trust for the United Methodist Church. Our, our uh, ancestors uh, here in this church, they gave money to support this church, and anyway, that's, that's that. Uh, but there's a process now that by the end of this year, uh, 2023, a church can leave uh, the Methodist Church with their building, with their property, with all their money and all that, uh, if they go through a process of, of disaffiliation. That means a lot of fellowship hall meetings uh, together, a lot of discernment, a lot of conversations. Uh, and, 
and all that, and then a vote where two-thirds of the congregation needs to approve uh, leaving, and the conference actually gets to vote as well. We're having a special conference here in about a month uh, to, to vote on those that wish to leave. To my knowledge, there's only one that's considering it fervently, and that's today. Um, but people have asked me over the last couple of days, because it's been in the news, Pastor Mike, where is Meridian? Uh, are we going to stay or are we going to go? Uh, they're not excited about it. Um, we've been a Methodist church here in Meridian since 1885. We're the oldest church in Meridian. Matter of fact, we were a church right outside, outside of town before there was a Meridian. Then they built Meridian and they discovered, oh, we're two miles outside of town. And they moved the church into town to be Meridian. Uh, so that's 138 years that we've been a part of the Methodist church. Uh, it is not my intention to leave the Methodist church. And from what I gather from, from speaking to so many of you and the leaders, that, that we have zero appetite for even pursuing that. Uh, so in case you're curious, that's why I'm bringing this up. In case you're curious, you've seen it in the news. Where's our church? Our church is staying in the Methodist church. Uh, that's where we're at. Uh, we're not going to stir the pot. We're not, we're not a big, we're just not, we're just not going to uh, broach. Let's have a church vote. We're not going to do that. Because uh, then all of a sudden, some people are mad. Some people are not. Don't want to deal with that. It's kind of like, like if I go to my wife and say, Hey, honey, the judge says that we can have a no-fault divorce by the end of this year with no problems. You want to talk about it? <laughs> that would not go well. <laughs> let's just, we're happy. Let's just, let's just keep being happy. Uh, marriage, marriage is grand. Divorce is 50 grand. Let's, <laughs> let's, let's not bring this up. Uh, but in case you're curious, we're staying within the Methodist Church as of right now. And if you'd like to talk more about it, I am happy, happy to set some time available uh, to sit down with you if that's, if that's something that's on your heart. But let's get back to worship. You've got some neat people sitting around you. Let's take a moment and greet those around us in Christian love and then remain standing for our opening hymns.
upon the one 
Unless you're a little kid like, I don't know, fifth grade and down. This is your time in worship, so please come on up. Good to see you this morning. You're a kid at heart. Good to see you. coming down today. Appreciate that. Got one more coming. Yay. Thank you. So after Easter last week, we get done with church and we went home and the Easter bunny came to our house. We walked in and there were eggs. Did you guys, did you guys have eggs that looked a little bit like this? Did anyone collect eggs this year? A couple eggs, a couple eggs, maybe we had an Easter egg hunt at our church. And if, 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 you, if you go upstairs, I know of, there's two more eggs that still have yet to be found upstairs. We, we kept them there. We'll just see how long they stay. But if you go upstairs, look around. There's, there's two more eggs still to be found. I think James You found them? Yeah, were they uh, the ones on the portrait? There were two on a portrait right up there. Yes, you I found them. Know. Awesome. The candy is still good. I promise. That's pretty cool. Yeah, so there's candy and eggs. Is that right? Do you guys have candy? Anyone else have any eggs that had other things? Money? Cold hard cash? Yeah. Someone at the first service said diamonds. I'm like, dude, show me your neighborhood. I'll, I'll go find <laughs> eggs there. Yeah, our, our eggs had some gold dollars, the, uh, like the Sacagawea dollars and a couple quarters. That was pretty cool. We were, we, we uh, and then afterwards we took the eggs in the back uh, we have a park right behind our house, and there was nobody out there, and so we hid, hid like 200 eggs. I know. And we told the, and my wife and I, we hid 200 eggs for, uh, this is after the Easter Bunny did his thing. Uh, but we had eggs, and then uh, we told the kids, come on out, come on out. And as soon as they came out, 10 other kids came out, and the neighborhood to go play in the park. And like, what do you do? You're like... You can't play at this park. This is for my kids, right? So everybody, everybody come on. And, and uh, we had a big old Easter egg hunt. Even, even uh, it was not for you guys, but even, even some families are like, we're Muslim. Can we play? Like, yes, please play. Please play. Please play. Uh, there's, there's candy. Candy for all. Enjoy it. Oh, no. So you get the eggs. And I'm, I'm, I'm just curious. Let's take, let's, let me take a look at a, another picture here. <gasps> Do you know what kind of eggs those are? Blue eggs? Bowed eggs? Bird eggs. Yeah, bird eggs. Do you know what kind of bird? A blue bird. A blue bird, yeah. Robin. A robin. A robin egg. Yeah, that tells us spring is coming. Let's see. Let's see another kind of egg. Guess what kind of eggs those are? How did you know that? It's covered by snakes. Because it's covered by snakes? Yeah, snakes come from eggs too. Yeah, some people want me to take that picture off right away. So let's, all right. What's the next one? Ooh, this is a hard one. Take a guess. Dinosaur. How did you know they were dinosaur eggs? Straight out of Jurassic Park. This is what those eggs look like. That's right. Velociraptor eggs right there. Uh, those were fossilized eggs. Let's take a look at the next one. <gasps> Ooh. What kind of... A chicken egg. It's cracked. Where's, where's the chicken? It's, it's like out there. 
It's out of the egg. It ran away. It is out living its life, doing chickeny things. Yeah. Yeah. You know, after 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 the the baby is done in the egg, the baby goes off, and and all all that's left is an empty empty shell, isn't there? Yeah. But it's off living its life. Let me show you one more. It's not an egg, but do you know what this is? Jesus' tomb. tomb. Yeah. The temple. temple. Jesus was in there, but where's he at? He's alive again. again. It's an empty tomb. Much like an egg when it opens and it goes off to live its life, we believe that Jesus left the tomb and he is alive once again. And that with, with faith in him, we will be alive as well. That, that death will be no more. We sang it in our songs this morning. All the things that bring us, that bring us pain, that bring us heartache, someday will be healed. And we will, find, we will find joy and blessing in him. Because the tomb is empty. He is alive. And because of that, we also can live. Can you pray with me today? Heavenly Father, we give thanks for these little ones. That as they grow in godliness and in your and in your blessing, that they may remember, that they remember that the tomb is empty, and that pain, that pain, that someday pain will be no more, that, that death will be no more, that, that we have a home with you. It's in your son's name we pray. Amen. Are you okay? Yeah. Just kind of surprised. <laughs> awesome. Thanks, guys. Good morning, church. I'm Pastor Jen. This is the time of our service where we come together in an attitude of prayer. If you have any prayer requests or concerns, anything that's on your heart this morning that you would like to share aloud with your neighbor, this is the time of our service that we dedicate for that. And then I will lead us in our pastoral prayer and then the Lord's Prayer, which the words will be on the screen. Let us pray. Gracious and loving God, God of resurrection and of truth, thank you for giving us your son, Jesus. Through his life and ministry, he showed us the way of peace, the way of justice, and the way of love. We confess that Jesus is Lord of our lives, And we believe that we are saved by your grace through faith. Lord, this way. The way of love is difficult, and we often miss the mark. Resurrect us, Lord. Save us from ourselves, for we know not what we do. 
Save us from our pride and our ego, our selfishness. Lord, move us towards compassion and selflessness to be your hands and feet and to serve others. For your love revealed through your son Jesus was a sacrificial kind of love. Help us to learn how to love in this way. Lord, we believe that we are saved for your purpose, to help transform the world. And we believe that we are saved for an eternal relationship with you. And though the path is not easy, we lay our burdens at the cross to follow you, knowing the value in living in your truth. And so, Lord, today we come together as your people to pray the prayer that Jesus taught his disciples to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not to temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Our next congregational song, Kyrie, Kyrie Eliasson. Lord have mercy. Is that what that means in Latin? <laughs> I got it. My Latin. As you're willing and able, let's stand and sing together. Kyrie Eliasson. show your mercy 
Please be seated. Except for Jamie, you are our scripture reader today. For this series, uh, after Easter, we are doing uh, scripture stories of what took place after the resurrection. Today's scripture reading comes from Matthew 28, verses 11 through 15. While the women were on their way, some of the guards went into the city and reported to the chief priests everything that had happened. When the chief priests had met with the elders and devised a plan, they gave the soldiers a large sum of money, telling them, You are to say his disciples came during the night and stole him away while we were asleep. If this report gets to the governor, we will satisfy him and keep you out of trouble. So the soldiers took the money and did as they were instructed. And this story has been widely circulated among the Jews to this very day. Thank you, Jamie. So I've messed up, like a lot. Uh, if, if you want to keep a, keep a tally going, uh, it's, it's, it's quite the book so far. Uh, my first day ever working at a church, uh, 32 years ago, 1991, I was 18 years old. All I had to do at this church was, was walk around in the evening, make sure everyone was covered. It was a large church, 4,000 members. Uh, they had a lot of evening stuff, and they wanted someone to make sure everything was good, and the doors were locked. If there was a toilet issue, I could fix that. If there was doors left open, I could take care of them. But at the end of the night, just make sure the doors are locked. So at 10 o'clock at night, I, I walk around, I do my walk around, and I, and I go to lock the doors, and they didn't tell me how to lock doors. I, I had a key. And I'm, I'm doing the key, and it's clicking, but it's not like the, the latch thing. It's, it's, it's not popping out. I've, I've never seen doors like this. Uh, so I, I, I fritzed with the thing for about an hour. 
still unable to get the doors to lock. And I, all I had was one job to do, and I messed it up. I found some rope, found some duct tape, and I was able to granny knot and tie this door together so you couldn't open it to save your life. And I went out the side door. And the next day, the office staff who came in could not get in the doors because of my contraption. That was close to my last day ever working out of church. They showed me later how to lock and unlock the doors with a screwdriver and an Allen wrench. I've never seen doors like this. Uh, but my 18-year-old brain didn't know how to do this. I had one job to do, and I blew it. Have you ever had that epic fail where that one thing that you had to do that day you didn't get done? You go to the store for one thing, you come out with 15 things and not that one thing. Uh, Friday, Friday, I, 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 didn't, I didn't have office work today. Uh, I, I was home doing stuff. I had, I had the whole day clear. Just pick up my daughter at 3. 2.55, whoops. And I'm, and I'm late getting her. That's, that's the one thing I had to do that day. God bless the internet. Because now you could relish in other people's mistakes and not feel so bad about your own. So here's a couple of my favorite epic fails, a.k.a. you only had one job to do. How do you mess that up? It happens. Got to know your directions to figure out this one. A bounce house that goes to the road. You had one job. This one made me laugh. All right, so this is, uh, I won't say where it's at, but uh, a, a box of potatoes that advertises onions that have watermelons. <laughs> you had one job. This one's hard to read. It's the wheelchair foundation. And all I have is steps that go up to the front doors. Amazon here. Do not stack. 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 Looks, looks stacked. All right, uh, this, this one was true. Uh, a school, I won't say which one, passed out pencils That's, that wonderfully, they say, too cool to do drugs. Sounds great until you use the pencil and you whittle it down. And pretty soon your school, your pencil is going to say, cool to do drugs. You use the pencil more, it just tells you straight up, do drugs. Drugs. <laughs> they got rid of those pencils right away. You had one job. In reading what happened after the resurrection, I almost pity the poor guards who were there to secure the tomb. They had one job, and they blew it. The religious leaders had asked for a guard uh, to make sure the disciples didn't steal Jesus' body. They made this request to Pontius Pilate. And the guards were supposed to be on guard for several days, a guard is about four to 16 soldiers, give or take. And you would think that it would be easy to secure a tomb with, with a dead guy in it. Apparently not, especially when angels are involved. In the resurrection story, it says this, there was an earthquake and an angel of the Lord came down from heaven, rolled away the stone. And his appearance was like lightning, his clothes were white as snow. The guards were so afraid that they trembled and became like dead men. And after they had regained consciousness, some of them went back to Jerusalem, back to the town. Uh, they came into the city, reported to the chief priests all that happened. 
Now, this is taking place at the same time that the angel or the, uh, the women were going back on Easter morning to, to, with, their, with their burial spices, and they must have passed each other on the road. And this is only some of the guard. Maybe a couple of guards woke up and thought, I don't get paid enough for this. You get an earthquake, you get an angel, you start to think about your job uh, uh, commitments. And, and, and some off, the, off they went. Now, they went to go talk to the chief priest. They didn't go to Pontius Pilate because they're smart. But also Pontius Pilate gave the chief priest authority over the guards at this time, so it made sense. And the guards tell the chief priests all that had happened. They did not make anything up, and they did not elaborate. They did not make excuses for themselves. They were risking their lives anyway because they failed to do what they were supposed to do. And in some insubordination or failing in your duty, it could have been, it could have been bad for the guards. The soldiers thought the truth was their best defense. They would have included the earthquake, the angel, and the missing body. And when they had assembled with the elders and counseled together, they, they decided, let's pay off these guards, let's give them a large sum of money to lie about what, what took place. His disciples came at night, stole them away while we were asleep, and if the governor, <laughs> if Pontius Pilate, gets word of this, we will smooth it over for you. And they took the money and did as they'd been instructed. And as, as was read this morning, the, widely, the story was widely spread among the Jews to this day. But here's what surprises me in the story. The chief priests called together the elders, the Sanhedrin, to assemble that they might figure out a plan to deal with this. There is no questioning of the guards about what happened. Their story was taken at face value as the truth. The lack of challenge that they gave to the guards tells me that they believed the soldiers. What had been reported was the truth. And the story should have shaken them to the core and resulted in in repentance on the spot. This was obviously a great work of God and demonstrated that Jesus' claims were true. But they refused to recognize the truth when it was standing right there in front of them. And they continued the lie. They were blinded by their own sin. And instead, they decided to try to develop their own plan and deny the story. And they bribed the soldiers to assist them about lying about the situation as damage control. They believed, but they needed the appearance of unbelief. Life is so much easier when you don't believe. Let me tell you something. Believing in Jesus will mess up your world. It will mess with your life. Honestly, there are moments that I wish that I was not a Christian. Can I hear someone say blasphemy? Blasphemy. The Christian walk is hard. I love worship. But man, every single Sunday? I, I drive to church on, on Sunday mornings just as our neighbors are packing up the car, heading to McCall for the day. I love to give, but man, that tithe check could turn into a bass boat after so many weeks. 
We have an understanding deep within that, you know, the church doesn't a whole lot care for the drinking or the smoking or the gambling or the sleeping around or if you, you want to go back to another generation, to the card playing, to the dancing. If you want to go back another generation, I, I, I read a sermon uh, written in 1880 that talked about the bane and affliction of croquet. Life would be so much easier if I didn't have to follow all these, all these rules. Just think a life without judgment, a life without scorn, without obligations or responsibilities. Freedom is just another word for nothing left to lose. Believing in Jesus messes up your world. But so do a lot of things. I promise I'll bring this back around. I've been, I've been happily married for 25 years now. I'm surprised too that we made it that long. And when we started dating, I discovered that having a girlfriend messes up your life. All of a sudden, I had to share my time. Not just with her, but also her family and her friends and, and all her activities. I had, a hard, I had a hard enough time remembering the birthdays of my family, and now I've got to remember the birthdays on this side. Holiday traditions became, became touch and go. I couldn't play basketball five nights a week like I used to or have 100%. I got zero control over the car radio. It messes with your life. Lord knows it messed with hers even more. My family is crazy. But it would just be so much easier, right? If, if I could just pick the color of the living room without having, having a vote on this or not having to explain why I bought a jet ski. Life gets harder. But my life is better. We had our first baby five years after we got married. I discovered that having kids messes up your life. Your days are no longer your days. Your nights are no longer your nights. This thing needs constant attention. I honestly bought stock in Pampers because I wanted a little piece of the action for what we were spending on, on those boxes. We're past some of those ages now, but we are now in the chauffeur and car insurance stage. Life gets harder, but my life is better, and it's worth it. Believing in Jesus is hard. Living for him is hard. But your life is better, and it's worth it. I am happy that I am a Christian. I am happy to be standing in the truth. Yes, there are days that I question, is it all worth it? Life would be easier if I was just like one of the religious leaders of the day or one of the guards. Yes, I believe, but we're going to sweep it under the rug and pretend that, that I don't have to care about my neighbor. And I can pretend that I don't care about, about what's going on in the world. When you dedicate your life to him, you take on the burden of fighting for what is right, of loving justice, of practicing mercy, of walking humbly with our God, of loving your enemy as yourself. That's hard. Of being salt, of being light, you take on the burden of forgiving others. You give up the right to carry grudges. You get to show kindness and Help those who cannot help themselves. 
Someone even asked Jesus once, what should I do? What, what do I need to do? And Jesus says, you have one job. You, you only got one job. Love God, love others. Sounds like two jobs, but you, need, you, know, you can't do one without the other. Do you want to believe? Then believe. Confess your sins to God. Believe in the Lord Jesus. You got one job. He will mess with your life. But maybe your life was already a mess and he's here to clean it up. You've seen what you can do with your life. Give your life to Christ and see what he can do with your life. I won't lie. Being a Christian is difficult. If you believe in Jesus, life gets harder. But I tell you this, life gets a whole lot better, and it's worth it. The family of God said, amen. As we come to the time of, of offertory, a word of thanks to those who faithfully participate in the giving to our church. I just want to highlight one ministry that we are, we're doing between now and next week is we are doing care packages for some of our young folk in our congregation. In some churches, when people graduate high school, they just fly and be free and the church doesn't care. Uh, we like to be the warm heart church that, that cares. So for kids who are off in college or those just starting out their life in the workforce or those off in the military, we send a, 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 a care packages to each of them. Um, and that's, that's taken out of, our, out of our budgets, out of our offertory. Thank you for your gifts to let people know that we still care. Let's stand and sing our closing hymn together, House of the Lord. God who is, we worship the God who is.
glasses here they are (laughs) may the God that brought us together today go with you now and forevermore and may you find joy may you find true joy in all of life's ups and downs go in peace